kids go down for a nap and I, the house is quiet and, um, my to-do list, which is like a mix of things that I need to get done for work and the house, you know, the dirty house in front of me is just, it's just so, so long and so overwhelming that I literally, and I've, I literally find myself a lot of times like just like standing in the middle of the living room, not knowing what to do. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, wow, I really did a crummy job sometimes. And I really wanted to sleep instead of, you know, folding laundry and my kids still don't have their scrapbooks or anything. I mean, seriously, it's so bad. But yet I have these wonderful, wonderful young adult children that are, you know, they're just incredible. And it's a, it's just a testament to what God can do, um, that you don't have to be perfect parents. You don't have to have made all of the right decisions along the way. God is bigger than all of that. And he sees your heart. He sees your love. And those kids are going to turn out awesome. You're listening to episode 95 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today is our first ever That's Me episode where I interview one of you listeners and then get advice from one of my mentors. So today I'm chatting with Annette. Annette had reached out to me via email. We're going to talk about the struggle of balancing working outside the home and tasks inside the home. Also, how to get on the same page with your husband if you want to stay home. And lastly, how to connect with your husband if he is working a lot as a self-employed or working in another demanding job. And then I bring on the second half of the show, my friend Rachel Ann Ridge. She's a mom of three grown children. She's an author. She writes over at homesanctuary.com, and she provides wisdom and insight on how to stay sane in all these years of balancing work and life. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Annette. Welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi, Heather. <laughs> so I'm so happy. This is so fun. Annette and I are going to experiment, y'all. And you have, you listeners have emailed me back and given me feedback that you like the idea of an every mom episode. And Annette and I just brainstormed a tiny bit. And I think we're going to call this, that's me. Um, Just <laughs> that Annette's offering herself as the first, the guinea pig to... <laughs> Uh, share her story and so that some of you out there that are like, oh, I totally get that, can kind of relate. And then I'm going to bring on um, a gal who's a little bit farther down the line who that was her and she's what she's learned and some perspective and some advice that she can offer to Annette. So welcome and tell us a little bit about your family. Get us connected with you and where what your story is. Okay. Um. Well, I am... I've been married for almost five years now. Okay. Um, and my husband, Richard, and I have three little girls. The oldest is three and a half. Then uh, her name is Anna. And then we have a two-year-old named Robin. And we have an almost five-month-old named Trudy. Oh, my stars. Um, so we have um, three. And, we, and we, wanted, we wanted to have them pretty close together. Um, but, uh, and my husband is, a, he's self-employed. Okay. Basically, there's no real clock on, clock out, clock off for him. He's always clocked on pretty much. So, um, and sometimes that looks like he's not home at all. And sometimes he's home, but he's in the office. Mm-hmm. Or he could be in the home, in home sitting on the couch there, but he's got emails that are, or text messages that are just totally 
taking his attention. So, um, so it is kind of like when he's home, he's not really truly home a whole lot. He's very, very busy. Um, and, um, we, and I am currently a part-time reading intervention teacher. Um, I started out when we first had my oldest daughter, Anna, I worked full-time as a teacher, um, as a, I, when I had her, I was a third grade teacher. The next year I was a fourth grade teacher and I got pregnant with Robin. Um, and that is actually when, and around that time is when I really, really, really wanted to start staying home with the girls full time. Um, but my husband at that time kind of, he left his previous career and went into being self-employed. So then the health insurance benefits basically went away. So mm-hmm. By me continuing to work, I am able to still bring, provide health insurance for our whole family. And so it's kind of been my thing that sort of has made me sort of stuck to it. Like, um, as much as, and I still even, I still even really would love to be home full time as hard as I know that that would be. I just feel like, um, I feel like I could, if I could just focus on being a mom and not focus on being a mom and a teacher. I just feel like it would bring more sanity to me. And I'm not really sure. So I'm I'm wondering if, who knows, maybe I'd become even more insane because I'd be at home all the time, but I don't, but I know that right now I feel very torn between my two worlds and I don't know how to give myself completely to each one at each time. Um, and I find it sort of affects probably my home life more than anything. Um, because even when I'm home with the girls, I, you know, my, you know, I'm getting emails, I'm getting text messages, I'm getting, uh, phone calls from work about, you know, different students that they want me to start servicing or, you know, or things like that. Or I'm thinking about students that need my help or I've, um, I don't know, it just kind of, it just keeps it work does not stay at work. It keeps following me. Okay. So it sounds like that's one of the big, um, struggles you're working with right now. And I'm sure a lot of moms are raising their hands. That's me. Um, the, the thing of attending to the needs of the home and all that's required there, the laundry, the food, (laughs) they need to eat all the time, the cleaning, the keeping up. Um, and you have three very, very, very young children so just the basic needs of they want your physical body, yes. like, and just to cuddle and just to hold and just to help. And there's so much physical needs you have to meet that's different, even from the mom who might have the um, 12, 14, 16-year-old. And then uh, the distraction, the, the, the mental um, space that work takes, even if you're not at work, mm-hmm. that can... Um, I know, I know that's true. Even just with podcasting, like if I'm with my kids, it's hard for me to not think, oh, I'm going to have that interview in an hour or, oh, I need to put that on Instagram. It's hard to even separate and I'm not making a dime. So, um, and then, you know, you said, there's one thing you said, and I'd like to follow up on, you said, you wonder if you'd be more sane if you didn't have the job. And, um, I do, I wonder what do you think? Is there any, cause I know for me, I like to have something else, mm-hmm. um, for, I, for identity, but more just, uh, a, like I'm high achievement on string finders. So I like to get things done, check them off lists and motherhood seems very, um, endless tasks. Like they just have to be, keep being redone. 
And so there's something fulfilling in recording a podcast, publishing a podcast, being done, checking it off my list and feeling like that was finished and it's out there and it's helping versus um, change a diaper, change a diaper, change a diaper, make a meal, clean a meal, do the laundry, do the laundry. Like, so is there something in you as a person that I know you're, you're there because of health insurance, but is there also a side of you that um, if it wasn't for the health insurance, you would be choosing uh, to be teaching or there? I love, I love teaching. I think it's, I really enjoy it. Um, and I really enjoy the challenge of it. It would be, it would be hard to let go of it, but at the same time though, and, um, well, this is even like something I've talked about with my husband too, is that I know that I love to teach and I love, I know that I love having a classroom and being and working with these students and finding creative ways to help them learn, you know, and I, and problem solving when there's, you know, you know, just even on my way here into my classroom, I had a mom just like stop me and was just like, you need to help me. My sixth grader is reading at a first grade level and I don't know what to do. Da, 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 you know, and it's just like, and you feel valuable. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and she's just totally beside herself, but she's coming to me and it's just like, and so I feel this, I want to help her. Like, you know, and I, and I, and I get really um, energized by that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure out, I'm going to figure out what's going on with this. But then it's, but then I, you know, when I'm, when I step away from her, then I realize, okay, when am I going to have time to do that? <laughs> you yeah. know, but it's like, I really, I really, I love it. I really want to do it. But, um, like I was saying before, my husband and I were talking about this. We've actually in the last couple weeks, we've been kind of coming back together over and over again. Cause I've brought up to him that, you know, how I would really like to be able to stay home with the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big reason is, is because we've talked about having more, more you know, having, yeah. Uh, another one. And, and we've even entertained the idea of possibly even adopting that fourth one, mm-hmm. which is something that we both feel, you know, very passionately about. But I told him, I said, things, you know, the, we wouldn't be able to continue this way if, if that's what we're going to do. So I've even told him, I said, Hey, even if, you know, if I were to stop working now and we set a date, you know, five years from now or whatever it is that he feels comfortable with, I will, that's when I'm going to go back to work, whether it's part-time or full-time. I said, I know that when the time comes, I'm going to be really excited to go back to the classroom because I really love it. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe just for a time, just for this, like for a season, I can be focused on just our kids and our home. Um, And so that's sort of my, I feel like is one of that actually, makes me feel good too thinking about that because I know that eventually I will go back so it's kind of like that light at the end of the tunnel yeah yeah, yeah. and meanwhile I could really I could give my 110% to just one area you know like and and I know that there's I know I you know I know that there's stuff that's not so fun and but you know and ugly and boring you know and things like that but um but to be able to not have this other thing, you know, my job that's kind of constantly on the back of my mind and constantly filling up my emails, you know, and things like that, that, you know, yeah. So yeah, I think, that I think answered, did I yeah, no, no, it did. I think what I'm hearing from you is, is definitely, um, God's gifted you and you, the teaching job allows an outlet for those skills. But I think that those same giftings can be applied to your home. And I think that the fulfillment you get and being creative and coming up with solution, you can apply to your home. I've seen it with teacher friends of mine. Um, they they throw little parties for all the other friends. And they uh, we just got invited this week to um, 
a house where the mom was a teaching major and she started having kids right away and she has four very young children and she hosted this party for all the kindergarten kids and it was awesome. Like she took the time and they, they, she even read them a kind of a gospel led (laughs) pumpkin carving story (laughs) and it was awesome. Like she was like, let's scoop out the seeds. That's the sin. And then God shines a light through us. Anyway, it was just like really sweet. And I said, you are really great at this. And And she said she was a teacher. So I think that, Yes, I think what I'm always just just feeling out is um, where that line was for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I even know for me, uh, there were times when I was teaching, there was times when I was doing ther- speech therapy, and there were times when I just vo- I volunteered at MOPS. And that was enough of an outlet for me <coughs> for that need to be met. Excuse me, coughing. Um, so I, I think... You talking to your husband, brainstorming is awesome, and um, and and prayer. I think that if God's directing your heart to that, I think following that leading is a really good thing. And I know you mentioned something else in your email that just with your husband's job. Let's talk about that, like just his schedule, and um, you're kind of busy with straddling the whole home and work thing, but then he's also because you said there's not a clear boundary on his time. Tell us more about that part of the situation. My husband, my husband's great. I think he's really, he, and he also the nice. And one of the biggest things that I love about him is that he's very passionate about what he does as well. Yeah. Um, he's not just in a, you know, day in day out job that he can't stand. Like he's actually doing something, he's building something and he's really excited about it. He's actually, he does, um, real estate and he's a broker and he also helps people manage, um, home remodels. He used to, uh, be in charge of flipping houses, but that the market's kind of gone down with that. So he's, it's, um, but he does a lot of stuff with, with people and he's very much a people person. Mm. Um, and he's just really good at what he does. Like he makes people really happy. And I really love that about him, that people are really, um, excited about that, but he's also, but kind of part of that, um, means that he sort of needs to be on call and ready um, when someone's either wanting to go see a house or they're freaking out because, you know, something's not going through or whatever remodel that he's overseeing, something's going wrong. It's like if he's not there to answer that phone call or whatever, you know, then he's got a client or, you know, somebody who's freaking out. And so he, he really, I mean, for the success of his job, he just needs, he needs to be available. Yeah. And I totally get it. Um, so, but it, it gets, it'll get a little frustrating because I, and and I think I've gotten a lot better at it, but I think for the longest time that if, if he walked in the door, it's like, I was almost better before he came home. Like even though thing was, everything was crazy and chaotic, you know, I had a, was nursing a baby and I had my other two running around screaming and the house is, you know, everything's like crazy. But if it was just me at home, it's like, okay, I could kind of you had your, you had your system. You had your routine. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he'd walk in the door and even though he's on the phone and I know he's unavailable to me, but he's home. Like there's a big part of me that was just going crazy. Like, why can't he just take over something? You know, like, well, because it's right in your face. He's valuing that more than us. He is putting that as a priority more than it's the lie that we believe. That's the priority, not us. Even though in his mind, for most men, the job is, is yeah, yeah, they like it and they enjoy it, but it's mainly the provision and the building something for security for their family, right? And so yeah. they see the two as aligned. Me doing my job is loving my family. Yes. 
And we in the tasks and the chaos, it's like, why aren't you helping out more? Why aren't, why aren't you available? And not just physically, emotionally too, right? Do you find that he's, is he tired when he's home? When like, he's exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very exhausted. And, and I was thinking, as you said that too, he does, I think that's one of our biggest things with um, talking about me staying home. Though I know, I know we could figure it out. I know things could get tight and stuff like that. But I think he sees, because a lot of, he pretty much kind of takes my paycheck and he'll take his, you know, his stuff. And he's very big on investing. And I know that he's really, he's thinking of us in our yeah. future. And he wants to make sure that um, he, I know he, and I, he's talked about it many times before, if something were to happen to him, he wants to make sure that the girls and I are okay. You know, like he's yeah. sort of, so that's sort so I think that's one of his fears that if I stop bringing in even that, that paycheck, that that's less that he can invest and less that he can do. Um, and then to have to tighten down and really just live off of his, it's like, I feel like, um, that's the scariest thing for him is that he can't, it's just, it's just less um, resources for him to work with to, yeah. you know, yeah. and everything. So, um, but, and then yeah. I, and I totally get where he's coming from and I, and I definitely don't want to um, devalue that or, or, you know, like I understand what it is that he's, where he's coming from. So I want it a big party just says, so, oh, well, <laughs> and like, and just, I'm well, sorry. I- <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't, I, I know for myself, I, I don't, spend as much time in fear of um financial uh insecurity as i think husbands do and um i mean i maybe as i'm thinking of different examples i guess there are women i can think of that they are more concerned with budget needs and um maybe because the husband isn't so somebody has to someone in the family is always more concerned than the other person and uh that's you know that that polarizing we sometimes do in marriages but then um, I think there's the trade-off too, and that's what's great about you guys communicating about it is, okay, um, maybe maybe we won't have as many investments now, but we are doing a different kind of investing because that's what my husband and I spent a lot of time talking about is um, different seasons when he would be going to classes a lot and be studying a lot. And we weren't necessarily making money for that, and but it was time commitment. And he was talking about how it was investing in him getting a better job mm-hmm. or something I was doing. And he said, well, that's an investment in what you're doing. And so you being home, even though it takes away money from his financial investments, it's actually providing a security and a contentment in you that can support him so he can make better decisions and um, move along more solidly in what he's pursuing. So it's kind of an great. I need to, I need to record that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just recorded it. So you're good. All right. (laughs) I think there's a lot of, I think uh, there's so many tangible things that men, you know, it's, they want to see, they want to see the product, they want to see the effect. And, um, these young years are really hard because men are trying to establish themselves in your careers. And that takes a lot of time and women are trying to build families. And so there's just a lot of, um, only, everybody only gets so many hours in a day, but we, ha- but it's a really intense time of building, right? Because once those kids get into elementary school years, um, that's a kind of a breather time. And typically men's careers are kind of settling out where they can leave work maybe a little earlier or 
you know, they've kind of established themselves if they're an investor a little bit more. They have a little more flex room there. I'm saying in general, not everybody. But these young years, I see these young families and my heart breaks for them because it's just such an intense time and everyone's exhausted. And then you're both coming at each other and there's just so much uh, broken self, wounded self, hurt self, Class, you know, each looking for their own needs to be met. And so you're just clashing at each other. So to be able to communicate, one, is great that you're doing that. But two, if I see if, if your needs of you wanting to be home are met, that maybe allow you the emotional ability to support him in a way that you are not able to do now. And, um, and that can actually help your family more than having the extra money. I don't know. I, I agree. Does he do the childcare when you go to teach? Uh, every Wednesday. So I go, I work on Mondays and Wednesdays and every once in a while on a Friday, I have to come in. Um, but on Wednesdays are his days to stay home. Um, but ever since we had Trudy, our third, um, we did start taking Anna to preschool on the two days that I work. Well, I'm just thinking like that freedom that he would have then on those days. And that's yeah. That's actually one of well, that was one of part of one of my arguments or one of my you know one of the things <laughs> one I one of your position table. statements. Like just think about it. every Wednesday from now on are all yours. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I'm just thinking like uh, when you said your you know it came out, but I know you didn't mean it. When you said your argument, sometimes we can be striving so hard for that thing, and like if he would just let me leave my job, then I would be happier. That yeah. that becomes the battleground and we kind of lose perspective. If you kind of pulled back and looked at your whole overall life and a lot of young kids, a husband who's working a lot, a job that you love, but it takes time and attention away from you. Um, what do you think that that is the biggest question mark you have is that if you got rid of the job, that would be the solution? Does that make uh, sense what I'm asking? Yeah, I... I kind of find myself thinking that at times. So it's like, and then I, and then I catch myself. Like, I, I feel like maybe I'm, you know, doing the whole like grass, the grass will be greener on the other yeah. side. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause I even will. So like I said, my husband and I have had a couple of conversations in the last couple of weeks. Like I've sort of brought it up. We talk about it. Maybe the discussion gets a little heated. So we sort of stop and, mm-hmm. and then, um, come back together like the next evening and talk a little bit more about it. So it's kind of like this, you know, I definitely, we both feel very passionately in our, you know, in different directions kind of. It's kind um, of like the thing that's kind of becoming between you. Yeah. Like, so, um, and do you think that it, you'd mentioned before he works a lot and he's tired and do you feel like that's the one time that conversation that you get his attention yeah. Or does he give you a lot of attention outside of that conversation? Um, it goes in waves. Uh, you know, I think, and just in the last, maybe it's been about a month, I kind of made a new rule in our house that's actually been very, and he's actually really liked it too, that, um, you know, the girls go to bed at eight and I've pretty much said the TV is not allowed to go on until nine. Yeah. So that's so, so even if whatever bedtime rolls over into like eight thirty, that yeah. still gives us yeah, you know, it still gives us from eight thirty to nine. That's still a whole half hour that we can't just, you know, 
you can't, the TV can't go on and, you know, so we actually have to be in a quiet house with each other, you know, and whatever it is, however we spend that time, you know, at least we're spending it actually focusing on each other, talking yeah. or whatever it is. So ever since that rule, like, and, and he's deaf, you know, and he has, you know, like I said, he's really liked it. We've, I've definitely getting more, been getting more attention from him. So yeah. we've, we've already sort of been in the practice of as soon as the girls go to bed, like we start talking and having, you know, conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, so that was before I started bringing up these things. Um, you know, these, I, these things that have been my, on my mind about staying home. Well, and I bet, I mean, just knowing from my own experience with a husband that worked a lot, um, when they're so preoccupied and there's so little time, I know my husband would get like two hours of sleep a night. And, um, when, when he was not working in home, it was with the kids and it was just chaos. And so conversation wasn't happening. And I just didn't feel like there was an availability for conversation. Mm -hmm. like he was even like able to take that in. Yeah. And so now that you've created this space to have this conversation, this thing that you've been holding in your mind as the solution mm -hmm. um, is finally surfacing. Yeah. Well, in, you know, and how I first, what I've learned about the way, the way my husband works too, is that if I bring a really big topic up like this, mm -hmm. where I've never brought it up before, or it's been a long time and whatever, maybe he had no idea that this was on my mind. Um, like with this one, the very first time I brought it up, I actually called him a few hours before he even got home. Mm. And I just, it was just a very short conversation. I said, Hey, I just want to tell you something that's on my mind. Yeah. So that way, you know, you've got you know, whatever little breaks or time you have to think that you, you know, that this is on my mind. And so it's something I'm going to want to talk about. And, you know, yeah. and, I, and then I just kind of dropped it on him. I was just like, I want to stay home, you know? <laughs> so think about that, you know? Uh, and like, and yeah. I know that that was a lot for him, but because I kind of front loaded him with it, um, by the time we actually had time, you know, little, you know, a few minutes where we had that evening for me to actually talk about it, he'd already sat there and thought about, you know, mostly about why he thinks it's a bad idea, but at least he'd, he wasn't, um, wholly, I didn't surprise him with it. You know, I didn't just throw it on him and expect him to have a conversation with me about it right away. And that seems to work really well with him. Yeah. So, and now with us kind of revisiting it almost daily, I feel like, um, you know, sometimes it's, it seems like it's definitely not going to happen. And then like last night I was like, okay, maybe it could happen, yeah. you know, but you know, so. Well, something but. to talk about too, that you might want to bring up in the conversation or just with your husband and where his heart is, is when you are talking about him and his thoughts and we all have this and I bet everyone would raise their hands and say, that's me. You said afraid like three times. Mm -hmm. With him, that he's afraid if something happens to him, he's afraid he wouldn't have. He was afraid they wouldn't have enough money to to invest. Like to maybe talk about fear. Mm -hmm. Where is the fear? And um, to maybe spend some time saying, you know, before I make this decision, let's in our quiet moment together that we have in the evening, let's just spend like five ten minutes just praying that God would um, that He would be our rock, He would be our trust, that He would reveal His provision. And that is not by our efforts. And there's this, that Sabbath concept mm -hmm. was a reminder to the Israelites that anything they have, everything they've done, the, the freeing from Egypt was all because of God. That nothing we have, nothing we are is of our own doing. The word Sabbath means to cease. And so it's 
to stop and recognize even sleeping. I, I, we, my husband and I, we had to talk through that with his work that he was spending so much time working, trying to get so many things done in his own effort that he gave up sleeping. And it was the lack of sleep that actually caused him to make some errors at work. And that caused him to change his work position and, and to, and I think God gives us sleep as a daily Sabbath to recognize it's not, I'm not going to check all the boxes and get it right. And that's when I'm going to have the success that I've created. And so I think that there's a little bit of coming together. You can both experience, maybe you can talk about your own weaknesses and trying to balance, you know, home and, and work and, and just kind of open up that conversation of addressing where is this fear coming from and and where is our hope, where is our faith? Because love will cast out fear. God's love will cast out the fear. And, and just consider Sabbath. Consider like, you know, that 30 minutes, that's almost like a Sabbath that you're, you've kind of instituted in your day. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, that, that could, I, I think that I'm amazed the more I am in my marriage that I've tried to argue or convince or get my way that when I pull back and spend more time in prayer, that there's a softening in my husband's heart that happens that has nothing to do with my words. Yeah. And almost when it becomes this battleground and this thing between us, that that nothing, no, no movement happens. But when we come alongside and we're shoulder to shoulder and seeking God together, that more change happens. Mm Mm-hmm. So that would be like one thing to consider because that to me sounds like the barrier in his mind is a fear. Um, and uh, I think, I don't know, that's yeah. just what stood out to me when you were talking. I yeah. think, or I'm going to call in somebody. Um, I've got a couple people in mind. But if you were talking to that person, what would you want to ask them? Someone who's gone before you, who's been in that situation the working part-time, having the husband who's working a lot, what would you want to know from them? Oh, um, I guess, so one of, one of the things that kind of drives me crazy the most is, and I literally, and I was just telling a friend this the other day, like I find myself, especially when it's nap time, if I do have that moment of the day when I'm home, on the days that I'm home, the kids go down for a nap and I, the house is quiet And, um, my to-do list, which is like a mix of things that I need to get done for work and the house, you know, the dirty house in front of me is just, it's just so, so long and so overwhelming that I literally, and I've, I literally find myself a lot of times, like just like standing in the middle of the middle of the living room, not knowing what to do. Yeah. Like, and just very, and then it's like, like paralysis, like, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, there's this, you know, okay, well, you know, because it's just like my, my to-do list for work is something that if, man, if I really don't get this done, tomorrow's going to be a horrible day at work. Like it's going to be yeah. crazy. But if I don't get this done, my husband's going to come home to a total wreck and, oh yeah, I have to have dinner tonight. Um, yeah. you know, like for those people, I tell you, yeah. they eat all the yes, time all the time, and they want clean clothes. I don't know why. Oh my goodness. Laundry. <laughs> yes. Yes. But uh, yes. that's so funny. I just had a talk with somebody else the other day about how having the third child for whatever reason, like, <laughs> there's like, you know, it was a lot of laundry with two, but having the third for whatever reason, it became like a ton. Like, where did it come? Yeah. Like, how did this? Yes. But, how does this um, happen? It depends on how messy those kids are. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, 
So I, yeah, I, th I think that's a good question. Like when we see when we have the multiple positions outside of the home, because you know what I was. I don't think that our mom's generation struggle with that specific issue. Mm -hmm. um, I find when my mom or my mother-in-law are in the house and they were primarily they were stay at home moms. Yeah. With some ministry things they were involved in at church. But they come to my house and all they do is clean. Yep. All the time. Yeah. They're doing laundry, they're cleaning, they're cleaning, they're doing laundry. They're picking up, they're moving things around, they're wiping off counters all the time. And I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I, I'm maybe, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not doing that. Somehow I, I miss the boat. But I, I find that my generation struggles more with that, keeping up a house uh -huh. and getting laundry done. And I mean, I think my mother-in-law does laundry every day, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I can't do that. That makes me crazy. So I think, um, well, I'm totally, I'm totally stuck between what laundry system works. Like, do I do, <laughs> what was it? Um, is it Kathy, is it Kathy Lip? Does she, have you No, heard of, she has a podcast. Yes. I love her. I'm trying to have her on here. She wrote a book about getting organized that I yeah. read one time. Yeah. And it, when she talked about doing a little bit of laundry every day, like doing it every day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, so do I, so then, but then I struggle with this. And then, um, I was reading something else where you should pick a laundry day or whatever yeah. it is. So I'm just like, well, do I always feel like I'm doing laundry every single day and it's going to drive me crazy? Or am I going to have a day? It's like, holy cow, look at all this laundry. Yes. So it's just, I don't know if there's really a, a winning, um, you know, I don't yeah. know which one. Could... I think you have to find which matches your life. And if you're home every day, then one load a day maybe spreads it out. Yeah. I'm like have days where I'm driving kids around all day. Yeah. And so having one day that I do it actually helps like the one day that I'm home okay. um, to get it all done and then have one night that I'm folding it all and watching a TV show. But that's a whole night. Yeah. Allocated that I'm not doing podcast stuff, that I'm not working on emails. That's why I'm not answering anybody's emails. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. I think it, it's tricky and knowing what to prioritize. So I will ask that, um, husband stuff, anything else there? Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like the conversation that we had sort of helped me a little helped. bit more with that. Yeah. So, oh, Annette. Well, this was good. I definitely, definitely, definitely think there will be people listening that can say that is me. So thank you for being willing to be the guinea pig and coming on here and uh, stay tuned for what my expert expert, <laughs> the uh, what should we call her? The the one who goes before the one who's <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah, um, there you go. Can what she can offer. So. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather. I'm excited to see what God does in your life. I know it's going to be good stuff. With those three sweet girls, I see your picture right here. Adorable. I think adorable there's only family. I think only two of them are in there. Only two in the picture, but they're adorable. <laughs> Curly blonde hair. Awesome. Thank I love you. it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast to our new That's Me edition. I'm so happy to have you on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, so Rachel's our resident quote unquote expert, right? I know that you wouldn't give yourself <laughs> that title, but um, we thought with this That's Me uh, edition, we could have a mom who's a little farther down the road who could say that was me 
that is me, <laughs> to give some advice. So I've caught Rachel up on Annette's story that you just all heard. And, um, you know, I know, Rachel, that you've had some experience with the whole self-employed thing and the whole balancing work and life. And so what yes. thoughts do you have for Annette? Well, first of all, I have the utmost empathy um, for trying to just strike a balance because it really is very difficult. And when you have three littles like she has, you know, that is really a full-time job mm -hmm. in and of itself. And it's emotionally draining and physically exhausting. So um, my hat's off to what she's doing. Um, that's, you know, that takes Herculean effort to, um, you know, just to manage that. And um, so the whole um, idea of adding work or, you know, bringing work into that is, um, that is a big issue. So I, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that when you're in it, like my season of having three kids under the mm -hmm. age of four, it's like, you know, it's crazy, but yeah. you just, all you can do, I mean, you can't quit. So, no. <laughs> but looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, how did I do that? Yeah. One day at a time yeah. is probably how you did it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that we can look back and be like, okay, that is a full time. That's a lot. That's a lot of needs to meet. Right. Now, if you're thinking about working and you are outside the home, um, it, it can be a situation where it doesn't add to it because those are hours that you're not at home. You're just putting your, your energies into other things. So, um, you know, sometimes, uh, I have looked at um, when I've had to take on extra work or had to do things like it's a huge burden, but yet there is kind of a break from the um, the childcare and um, and those other kind of responsibilities. So there is a little bit of a trade off if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, it sounded like from Annette's standpoint that even though she gets that. She is really having a hard time with the mental space that a job takes up, that when she's with her girls or there's emails to respond to or there's things to do that she looks at nap time, she's paralyzed, she doesn't know, should I do work, should I do housework, you know, what should right. I do? So what advice do you have for her there? Well, um, I would say first, uh, take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I'm when you're working through stuff like this, you know, it, they're big, that's a big marriage issue. Mm. Um, and, and that would be a big marriage issue, no matter where you are in your married life, whether you've been married five years or, or 30 years, those are things that, you know, hopefully, um, Annette and her husband are praying together, or she is at least praying for him. And, um, and one, one thing that I have found, um, is that when I feel like I've been asked to do something or, 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 Tom and I, my husband and I are not on the same page. I find myself really stewing about things and complaining and fuming or, or kind of, um, resolving my, my, you know, kind of digging my heels into my viewpoint rather than, um, actually praying about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so the first thing that I would really encourage Annette to do is to be praying for her husband, that he would have wisdom to help guide their little family. And, um, and then when you're doing that, then you, you have to really step out in faith that God is going to answer your prayers and that he can speak to, uh, your husband apart from your voice. <laughs> you know, you yeah. are not the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit can, 
Um, and I don't know if she's a believer or, you know, I'm just put, coming at this from my from my faith standpoint. Yeah, no, she is. She is. Yes. She okay. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the first thing. And, um, and then I, and then what I would say is, you know, if, um, you know, is it a, is it a values thing? Is it a moral thing, you know, that you're having conflict over? And is that something that you can talk through? Um, and are there some compromises that you can make? Um, you know, if you, if she's having, um, difficulty with managing the, you know, just literally the daily care, the mountains of laundry and meal preparations. Um, is he aware that she's going to need some help in those, you know, in those areas since she doesn't have those hours of the day that, you know, to devote to that kind of thing. So either being willing to bring in somebody to help clean the house once a month, you know, to do a dig out. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know many people do that. And that is the difference between, um, sanity and jumping off a ledge, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's like, uh, you know, money well spent so that there is some cost to that. So I would, I would literally sit down with a piece of paper and, and just say, okay, you know, I'm, I can work this many hours a week, but I, if I'm doing that, then I'm, I'm not able to devote that to, um, the childcare and the house upkeep and things that you need, um, you know, from me and our, in our relationship. So what can we do to, um, make up that difference? So, you know, and, and perhaps just seeing it on paper, you know, maybe her husband can see that there are some things that he needs to kind of throw into the pot to make it possible. Yeah. For her, um, for her to work, or he may just see, you know what, this doesn't even make sense yeah. on paper. We're spending more money on meals out and having to have somebody come in and clean and on babysitting and the money that we thought that we were earning is really a wash. So, you know, in black and white, you, you ought to be able to see um, pretty clearly, it, you know, whether you're having an, a good ROI, you know, a, re- a good return on your investment. Yeah. No, I think that's very wise for anybody in any situation where there's a kind of a disagreement on part-time work, staying home. And and honestly, like, don't you feel like that time that you have those young kids, it's so short. Um, it is very short. It's she talks because, about maybe staying home for a season, like that being a compromise. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and I'll just say from my perspective, I, you know, I thought that I would be a stay at home mom, like forever. I just envisioned myself being that, you know, homeroom mom and um, doing things. And so I kind of went kicking and screaming into the workforce and in, in one sense, because I uh, missed all the quality time that I felt like I was having, but I really did not have a choice. And so, um, in a sense, it's a little bit easier, you know, when you feel like you don't have a financial choice and you have to, you have to make things work, you know, um, but you do, uh, there, there are blessings involved. And, and one of, one of those things may be just the, the, um, emotional freedom that you are giving to your husband. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there, there really is something to that. And I'm not encouraging her. I'm not saying therefore she should, continue working. But I think just to consider what, you know, what are your husband's needs at this point? Is this something that because he does have a, um, uh, he is self-employed and there may be cyclical um, things to his job where, you know, income may fluctuate and, and having at least a known quantity of 
income coming in may be just what he needs to be able to, you know, devote, devote more emotional energy to your marriage. Uh, you know, just a guess, but um, just kind of saying that, like you, you know, you've had a self-employed business that yes. there can be some stress that we need to um, have sympathy for our husbands, some stress with a self-employed business. That's not a regular paycheck like other jobs. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my, in my experience is that, you know, when you're self-employed that if you don't work, you don't get paid. So you don't, you know, like taking a vacation is always iffy. Yeah. Um, or if somebody just decides not to place an order that can throw your whole financial, um, you know, system into chaos. And so at least knowing if you had a, one of you has even a small amount, that's a steady paycheck may allevi- alleviate a lot of your husband's stress um, and, you know, ultimately may be helpful. So that's just, that's also one of those columns on the paper that I think you, that you need to talk about. Yeah. Both emotional needs, her need that she feels life would be smoother and easier if she was just, um, focused on the family and the home needs and his needs, uh, and his needs for the security of the paycheck and the health insurance. Right. Yeah. And, and I think to be able, you know, if she can um, uh, clearly state what her needs are, um, you know, to be able to be home with the kids, it really is a short season. It may only be a few years and then you're, you know, then you're back, um, you know, full on. You, she may feel completely different three years from now when you don't have, uh, you know, uh, an infant and a toddler and a preschooler, that's, that is pretty tough. But if you have a three-year-old, a five-year-old, you know, life just can look a lot different. Yeah. So, um, so it is a very finite season of time and, you know, and that may be something that her husband needs to consider as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that she keeps the job and she's trying to do this work-life balance dance. Um, what advice do you have for that mom that's out there that is her mind is on both things. She, she's paralyzed at nap time. She's trying to decide what to get to first. Do you have any systems or (laughs) advice? I know you and I are not quite system people, but no, 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 no. Well, um, I'm not a really the most organized person. So I kind of strip things down to, to the bare bones. Um, I, I would really advise her to, um, lower her standards. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) First off, um, just realize that she's not going to have a perfect house um, and it's not going to be gourmet meals for a period of time. And you just have to be okay with that. It's, you know, you'll, you'll get back to that. Um, goodness, life will uh, pick up and you'll go, you'll look around and go, wow, I haven't stepped on a Lego in two years. <laughs> that really will happen. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, um, I would, I would just make a really simple, um, schedule for myself to do the house, you know, to tackle the housekeeping jobs, um, with little kids. I have a, I had a basket or a drawer in every single room of the house. So all it took was literally pitching toys and laundry into baskets so that the floors could be picked up and you could just feel a sense of calm, you know, just because there wasn't stuff everywhere. So there's some, you know, just, just having a bare bones strategy for um, what to do each day so that like if, 
For example, let's say on Monday, you say, I'm going to just wash sheets and towels on Monday night. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about the jeans. You don't have to worry about the sweaters. You don't have to worry about all the other stuff. That's the only thing that you're doing. And then you just focus on getting that one thing done. And then on Tuesday, let's say you're going to, you're going to wash the dark stuff and that's all you have to worry about. You just, so just give your, get, let yourself get out from under the pile by not um, having the whole pile to tackle every day. Just do one tiny bit a day. And then whatever happens the next day, you just tackle that next little stack. And then work stuff. Do we keep checking in? I mean, with phones now, I feel like email's coming at you all day. Um, do you like have a strategy? I know that you're balancing now being a grand, tell everyone like how many kids you have, how many grandkids you have, cause you're balancing a lot now. Yeah, I have. Well, my, my kids are grown. Um, they're, uh, two adult daughters in their twenties and, and then a son that's a senior in college. And, and, um, my girls, um, between them, they've got three, um, little baby girls. So I'm, I'm trying to spend as much time with the grandbabies as I possibly can. And, and, um, and they're right in that season of life. And so I, you know, I just see their faces and just go, Oh, I know you're tired, baby. (laughs) I am. I, you know, I was just very, very tired during, during those years. Um, but what I would, uh, I would say, you know, email. Yeah. I mean, you're just constantly bombarded. And I think, I think just trying to set aside time where you're not checking your emails, um, that I've, I've read statistics and you probably have too, Heather, um, about how long it takes. Like if you're to stop what you're doing to check email, it takes like 15 minutes to get back to what you're doing. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, that really adds up and eats into your day. And so I've tried to stop checking email as often. And I know some people have set times for checking emails. That's a little bit difficult with little kids because, you know, right when you're supposed to be checking email, someone's going to have a, you know, blowout diaper and the other person's going to be, you know, throwing a fit. So that that may not work, but just trying to learn. I kind of picture, I mean, if you have a game plan going into nap time, let's say you're going into nap time rather than looking at all the to do's of the home and all the to do's of work. Like if you say, okay, for the first 15 minutes of nap time, I am going to walk around and put everything in the baskets. Like I'm just going to clean up as much as I can of the clutter so that I can feel like I've done something to make our space better. I'm going to do all the dishes from lunch and breakfast. Like I'm just going to, that's what I'm going to focus on is one task to make our home cleaner. Once that task is done, I'm going to move towards work and I'm going to spend 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is to answer all the emails. And and you've committed that you're not going to check until that time period so that you're fully present with your kids in the morning. And um, and then maybe you stop and you like drink some coffee and listen to some music. I don't know, like for your own time so that when the kids wake up, you aren't like frazzled, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing is, is like, I need alone time. I am seriously, uh, I, I, I need my soul needs alone time Mm -hmm. and I need nap time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, um, even though there was tons of stuff to do, I needed to lay down on the couch for 15 minutes and just kind of regroup. Yeah. So that, so taking care of yourself is really important because I feel like she's like spending a lot of her emotional and physical energy taking care of kids and then taking care of jobs. So she needs to really be careful to um, carve out time for herself that she can um, regroup, recharge, um, and and feel like her soul is being taken care of. Yeah, and um, or even the creative. Like I knew a friend that 
instead of doing the dishes or laundry or anything during nap time, she committed she would do no housework during nap time. She would like uh, cross stitch or crochet or paint or something where she was being creative. Yeah. And, you know, and and I think that's something that you got to have your husband's buy in on because, you know, if if he's coming home from work and expecting that (laughs) have all your work done, the kids will be, you know, clean and fed and the house will be picked up and all of that is just really unrealistic. So um, I, I think, again, sitting down with that piece of paper and really getting realistic about what you can and can't do and how can you, um, you know, realistically manage um, the the things that are on her on her plate and on his plate. You know, maybe he needs to commit to I will do the dishes and put them away every night yeah. so that she can wake up to a clean kitchen in the morning. Yeah. I mean, that would be something that would be a really tangible way to make it possible for her to, you know, that could be the difference between, you know, wanting to yeah. <laughs> wanting to run away and never come back um, and being able to manage it with a, you know, with a happy heart. So, well, and I know like my husband and I have sat down with the baskets of laundry and folded together yes. while we're sitting there and talking once the kids are in bed and having that no screen time. Or my husband has a vivid memory that like when dinner was over, all the kids took the plates into the kitchen, but then like his parents kind of lingered there and did the dishes for like a long time talking. <laughs> Because no one bothered them if they were doing the dishes yeah. so they could have like quiet conversation. I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I know her kids are really little, yeah. but um, if you have baskets in the room, in every room and you have a set pickup time, um, I used to do like just before nap time, we had to pick things up. And just before dinner time, we had to pick things up. Turn on a well, fun song. Before bedtime. Yeah. You know, do, do the cleanup song. But get them used to, um, you know, bringing their clothes to the laundry and, um, you know, and being able to pick up after themselves. Oh, yeah, you'll have to do all the work pretty much all yourself. But you're you're training, um, you're training their mindset that they're part of your team and you're a family team. And you just say, this is the way we do it, you know, and then you don't, you know, make them do more than what a three year old can possibly handle. But you're you know, you're helping them understand that you know, mommy can't do everything. And, um, you know, and they'll, they'll, they'll get it eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Eventually they will. Okay. One last thing, and then I'll let you go. Um, what advice do you have to young moms for connecting with their husbands? I told you about Annette's, um, quiet, no screen time after kids are in bed. What kinds of things did you and your husband do in the midst of self-employment, three kids? (laughs) Yeah. What were your tips? Oh, well, I think uh, finding common interests, um, whether it's, uh, you know, football or going outside or, you know, just finding the, the whatever brought you together in the first place mm. um, and just trying to cultivate those things as a couple. Um, and, yeah, what talking about that over dishes or folding laundry, um, you know, that may seem like a pipe dream, but um, I think it's really worth the effort to um, to do that. Uh, my husband and I are still very best friends and, and, um, most of the time we can't, we, we for, have to force ourselves to turn out the light to stop talking so that we can get up the next day. Cause we're still, you know, so interested in what the other person has to say, <laughs> you know, it's kind of dumb, no, but, it's awesome. but it's just what we, you know, and so, but I think that, um, it's possible, um, to, uh, just, uh, have that mindset of, of really trying to find out what the other person is thinking about and, and, um, 
if you have to go outside and take a walk so the kids are interested in playing with sticks and rocks so that you have, you know, a moment to just look at each other and remember um, how, you know, why you fell in love with each other and, and what you think is so awesome. It won't happen every single time, but, you know, over the course of time, you're, you're making the effort and, um, and you're really investing in your, in your relationship. And, and um, that's the thing that is going to, you know, hold your little family together and um, uh, make you successful as a family and as a couple. And that's really what it's all about. I think that's really good. I loved how you said find something you enjoy together because sometimes we can think working on our marriage, right? We have to work on our marriage. And instead of saying like, what was the fun thing? What did we like? And I know for my husband and I, it's like watching stand up. I know that's silly, but like we love when Last Comic Standing's on TV or we find like a good funny show to watch. Or last night even it was I found a link to a um, – I don't think it's it's one of those viral blog posty kind of things, but it was like a tweet had gone out where some big tweeter person had written a, an embarrassing moment. Like she told um, a person checking her in at the airport, they said, have a great flight. And she said, you too. Kind of, you know, you say those things and you're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And then all these people responded on Twitter with their embarrassing moments and they were so hysterical. We were, I would laugh so hard. I woke up and my stomach hurt. Like I laughed so hard and we were just laughing together. Oh, and for us, that bonds like that bonds oh. us having those moments. So yeah. I don't know. Don't be scared to yeah. Remember what what did bring us together. What does bond us together? And to do those things and and come alongside each other is really yeah. good. It's really yeah, good. Well, Rachel, you're just the best. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? I've made all the mistakes along the way. So if I can, you know. Uh, come out on the other side with a few little bits of advice, uh, then, uh, you know, I'm happy to share. So, well, we're so thankful for you. Tell everybody where they can find you online if they want to learn more from you. Um, you can find my blog at homesanctuary.com and, um, I, and I've got some super, super easy, um, how to make a schedule, like a housekeeping schedule for lazy people or, <laughs> or, or overwhelmed people. Yeah. Any way that I do it, but um, I'll put it. I'll make sure that you can find that link um, on my blog, and um, that you know that may be helpful. Who knows? I think that's awesome. We always love hearing from moms that have gone before and who've learned something and can help. Especially, I love that you said <laughs> lazy <laughs> housekeeping. Yes, that, I'm raising my hand. That's me. Both, that's me. Who wants to do the drudge? It's drudgery sometimes. Yeah. You know, let's just be real. And and you know, here's the thing. Um, on last note, um, is that really, you know, nobody feels like they're perfect, um, at this whole mothering parenting thing. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, wow, I really did a crummy job sometimes. And I really wanted to sleep instead of, you know, folding laundry and my kids still don't have their scrapbooks or anything. (laughs) I mean, seriously, it's so bad, but yet I have these wonderful, wonderful young adult children that are you know, they're just incredible. And it's, it's just a testament to what God can do, um, that you don't have to be perfect parents. You don't have to have made all of the right decisions along the way. God is bigger than all of that. Mm. And he sees your heart, he sees your love, and those kids are going to turn out awesome. And, um, you just have to hang on to that and, um, and just know that God has such a great purpose in store for each one of those kids. And he has a great purpose in store for you as a mom and as an individual and um and it and it may be something that's beyond what you can possibly even dream of for yourself 
So, um, you know, just hang in there, do one day at a time and you'll, you'll be amazed at what he'll do. That's so good. That's a good little pep talk. Miss Rachel. Yes. Thank yes. you so much. I really, really, really thank you. This was great. This was I great. Liked it. Our first, that's me. I think it's a success. So Yay. Thanks for being a part of it. Everyone go check out homesanctuary.com and, and Rachel has a book too that's awesome about her donkey, which we didn't even get into how to raise a donkey <laughs> in the midst of all this. But yes, good That's stuff. for another time. That's for another. When I get a call of a lady who has a donkey and doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. We'll go, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's me too. That's me too. All right. Thanks, Rachel. So I much. love you, Heather. All right. Love you too. Bye. Thanks, y'all, for hanging in there and listening to the first That's Me episode. If this was helpful to you, let me know over at GodCenterMom at gmail.com. And if you are thinking that you would have a question or a topic you'd like to talk about on the show, just let me know. Drop me a line, and we'll try to work something out. I am so thankful for y'all. Thanks for listening. I know God is working in each of your stories in a unique and special way, and I hope that something you heard today Uh, helped you along that journey. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.